Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater. My name is Aaron, and I am playing Brother Benedict. This is Johnny playing Joris Glaive. This is Jeremy playing Grayson Digby. This is Jeff playing Demetrius Norton. And this is Jordan, the GM. So previously, we had all managed to make our way down to the Undermarket, finally. Joris wanted to check out a library at the university, but he rolled horribly, so it so it burned down. <laughs> it burned down. Something had to happen. They couldn't have just had a like, section that the had doors could have nothing. just been locked. No, had to burn down. Tied in thematically with, with other <laughs> elements in the story. It's like a consequence of what had happened at the end of the last season. Because you haven't seen too much of the like burned down sections of the city. Yeah. It just made sense. And now Adrian Marr and Brother Benedict were having a conversation about magic and life after death. Life and after turning death. In the whole group into mice. Mouse. Turning a whole group of humans into one mouse. Yeah. So, Benedict says, let me rephrase that. The hooded one with the beard. He's the one who turned into a mouse. So the one already covered in fur. Yes, that mm-hmm. one. So I have seen some magic that is I would never but I would not classify as good or bad. Isn't he afraid his bird will eat him? <laughs> I don't think I'm not sure if Joris Because mouse mm, birds do that. Birds do eat nice. I don't know if Joris has thought that much through. <laughs> <laughs> Magic is dangerous, not the thing, though. What what kind of magic can you do? It's very specific things. Yeah? I don't know. Sometimes I wish I could do magic. Other times, I'm glad I don't have the complication. Mm. But these bones could do many things. Yeah? And many can still. What can these bones do? It's hard to describe. If only some of them could get us into the cathedral to get to the queen. Well, right now our biggest problem is getting through the barrier to the cathedral to to rescue the queen. If any of these bones could help with that, that would be something. You want to remove holy place? No, no. I definitely would not harm your religious site if they could do that from here. Distance too far. I gathered as much. You're not really finding anything in the forest. Okay. If you want to go ahead and rejoin your... Yeah, I'll join the two of them over by the bones. Can you believe what he says? These bones. What about the bones? What is he saying? He don't believe. I don't know exactly what he told you, but I don't think he believed the bones could get up and walk. 
<laughs> Adrian Marr was just telling me the kinds of magic these bones could do. And I said that magic that could get us through the barrier would be helpful. Oh, oh he was not saying the bones can get through the barrier. But the bones have magic. You can't see? Adrian, I cannot see. Can you? All right. When he says, can you see? I want to detect my tour on the bones. Okay. The bones are polished so heavily that they become a mirror. 20. <laughs> 20? 20. You detect the magic of the bones, and they are the same resonance as the actual gong or the. Okay. Adrian, I see the magic of the bones. I believe what Brother Benedict was trying to convey to you was not that he wishes for the bones to do anything as much as just any solution to our problem. He wishes that the magic of the bones could give us an answer. That's not what you said. Oftentimes we speak in metaphors or language that is difficult to translate. Words make pictures. And you are saying that pictures are lies? Of course pictures can be lies. If you were to look at something and someone were standing there only invisible, what you see is a picture, but it is a lie as well. Humans do not have the ability to, to see magic as easily as the fairy did. Yes, did. Are you fairy? It was not easy. I had to put forth a special effort to see it. And not everybody has that ability. Like effort to turn into a tiny furry thing? Similar. Does bird eat you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's not a instinctual thing for humans. We have to be trained. We have to be taught. But you said you wish bones could pass through. What I meant is I wish that bones could do something to get us through the barrier. Out of character. They definitely can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because they're the same yeah. type of magic, but without desecrating their gravesite. We need to corner a few, kill them, and then <laughs> use them for <laughs> Valid. I, I like this point. I mean, that's <laughs> what you're telling me. Do you, Edwin, know of a way to pass through the barrier? Is ancient magic, fresh magic, young magic like mine, most of Vedanchi here, not pass? Is there a way to learn the ancient magic? It's blood and bone. Blood and bone. Have you looked at the barrier? By the chapels? Ah. Do you see the same type of magic as there is in the bones? He ducks his head. Aaron, your ancestors, were they Bebanshi? No. Okay, I'm. No. I misunderstood something you said. Bebanshi stole some magics. The old Bebanshi there, they left us. Okay. So Nine Rouge is young. Who's Nine Rouge? No remove bones. No. We don't want to remove the bones. Is there any way we can take some of the magic of the bones with us? Only way to take magic is to take bones. And we need an old magic to pass through. I take it the king of the Mist Court is of old magic? Here's a silly question. Have you looked around here for the key? 
He's not here. He's behind Dome. Are you sure about that? It was there when it closed. I thought it was... Walsham had it when it closed. Walsham took before it closed. Is the one who stole Walsham's soul old magic or new magic? They blend together. Old magic serves young magic. What do you mean by serves? Nine Rouge. You mean that young magic can access old magic? Nine Rouge is young magic. Okay. Human, fey, hybrid. Old magic user serves young magic. Oh, so the young man is, is in charge. Ah, okay. Do you know anything about the cold that is going on? Cold? The ice that is taking over. Not good. Not good? Old magic? Baby and she magic. I understand that. Like, make it their realm. They're trying to turn it into their realm? Ah. The baby and she realm is a realm cold? Part of mist is because mist is warm. We have to get past the barrier at the cathedral to get the key. We have to get you back to your king. He knows what's going on. So we take home? Is there a way to take the bones without disrespecting them? Well, who could we ask? If the Bevenshi take over our city, you'll be trapped within their realm. Already trapped? Yes. But would you rather be trapped with... Us or with Bay Banshee who want to actively kill you. You don't smell bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't comment on that. I think now. And he just wanders away. And we'll go ahead and let you, Benedict and Joris, ruminate on that uh, while we go ahead and talk with or see what Demetrius and Grayson are up to. Grayson was going to go talk to the shop owner that the blacksmith board in. Boards. Okay. So you can draw up some information about the key. Anybody in the undermarket has been asking about the key, seeing the key. I can't say that I've heard any rumors about someone asking about a key. What what does this look like again? I've actually never seen it. I've heard that it is a large magical item either round or spherical in shape. I've not heard of any dealers or collectors looking for such an item. Um, Doesn't mean that they haven't. Not something that I've heard about. Now, why are you looking for this again? There's more and more fate magic going on in this this city. Times change. But yeah, I, I have seen that, yes. Yeah, so this key is supposedly a way to... For us to be able to travel back and forth between our world and theirs, times change. Got to make new deals. This would be a valuable thing to have. You know, I I think there might be someone who can help you with looking for something like that. There's this lady is really obsessed with the fit. Her name is Loveless. Her and her people, they've all they do is talk about them. The people? There's a whole group of them. The actors or something? I don't know what they started off as. They seem to think that the Fae, whatever they will be doing, or they think that they'll bring something new. Anyway, I can find this lady? Yeah, she comes through the market on a pretty regular basis. Uh, she should be going to the center square and seems during this watch. 
she normally shows up with a few of her, what do you want to call them, associates, make some statement. And they just walk through spouting off stuff? More they, she stands on a, a bale of hay or something, lancing waves for about an hour. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And your name is? Um, hopeful person number four. <laughs> Throat is an agility Grayson skill, extends right? his hand and says, okay, well, it's pleased yes. to meet you. I am main character number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think highly of yourself. So. Does that mean yeah. Doris main character number five? <laughs> yes. Well, no, number six, because the bird comes in front of you. <laughs> this person's name is... Um, Sir not appearing in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Alvin. Julian Alvin, magic dealer, uh, undermarket magic dealer. What would you like to be doing at this point? I guess while we're at the the uh, magical wares dealer shop, I'll browse for see if anything looks like it would be useful to someone that's a not a magic user. Uh, okay, go ahead. Good job. It's Going a six. Forever. It's always a six when you roll it off the table. It never counts when it rolls off the table. <laughs> It's always a one when you roll off the table. 18. 18. That's a good roll. So it looks like it's in a pile of relatively new acquisitions for the shop. Mm-hmm. Like in a jumble of things in a wheelbarrow. But you see uh, what looks like a helmet made out of uh, an Iberian style. I grab the helmet, look at it, turn it over my hands a couple times, turn to the shopkeeper. Say, uh, you know what this does? Besides being a helmet, you do magic stuff here, right? Oh, uh, that one's not magical. It's just just a helmet. Yeah, it was just pawned off here a day or two ago. Uh, how much is it? Well, three silver pieces. Who gave him the money? They wouldn't give it to you because... You gave him the money. <laughs> he asked for the person who gave it to was so it like actually like a really nice helmet? Yeah, oh, I mean it's a it's a serviceable bow helmet. The guy who sold it a couple of days ago, he said it was the best helmet that his king could buy. Not saying much. I mean, it is Iberia. <laughs> yeah, but Iberian steel is like really. Shh. I look down upon them. <laughs> yes, so should you, as a member of the Angelan citizenry, because you know nationalism runs strong. I think I'm gonna leave it. All right. I guess we'll go over to the, the wall of boom. Well, I was gonna say I, after Edmar left us, I, I'm gonna I was gonna head back towards them. <laughs> On the way to meet them. Mm-hmm. Do I have any money? I would imagine you might have some money. I just need to replace my broken knife too. Yeah, you have enough gold to purchase okay. a knife if you want. I purchase a. Well, you have to say is, hey guys, can I have some money to buy myself a knife? A serviceable, <laughs> nice little, you know, knife. Okay. They try and tell you the knife was found in, like, the crypt of some barbarian king who had been conquered by the founders of the Angelic Empire. Trying to raise up the price. That's cool. Yeah, then they find it. <laughs> I think he believes it. It's uh, two it's, silver pieces more than what it should actually be worth. Is it, is it shiny at least? Brand new knife. No. <laughs> yeah, two silver pieces again. I have some money on me, so... It was worth three. You paid five. Okay. What I want to do is, as I'm wandering through, I just want to do a 
see magic aura and look for any of the old magic. Okay. Target number 15? 15. 15, so that's 10, 15, 25. Yes, you do see it. So what kind of things do I see there? old magic? All the bones. Well, that's not bones. I mean, like on. Oh, the, you were looking for things like, in the, in the shops. No, nothing from the nothing from the shops. Uh, pretty much the only things that are of old magic are actually the bones of the fae that are interspersed with the human. So I don't see of the shops anything. No old magic. So Grayson's gonna head back over to meet up with uh, Joris and relay that there is somebody, Lady Lovelace. Who's gonna come? And she may be a Vevanchi supporter. Apparently, she comes here often to spout propaganda. It was said that she comes and believes that when the Fey come, they will bring something new. Is she aware that the Fey are already here? I mean, I, th- I believe everybody here, down here, is yeah. aware that they're. Because, I mean, is she Fey? Is the question. I have no idea. We'll find out. She's supposed to be here. Because uh, if she is Fay, according to our conversation with Edna Marr, something new it could be very, 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 very bad. So I briefly uh, tried to explain our conversation with Edna Marr of the uh, difference between old magic and new magic, and how the one in charge of Bayvanshi is new magic, commands even the old magic. There's so something new could be referring to that. It's just like any other hierarchy. Next in line, rules over everyone, even if they're older. But in the world of magic, for somebody younger to be more powerful is unusual. You say so. The magic surrounding the cathedral is old magic. And Edwin Mars is convinced that the key that we see is inside the dome surrounding the cathedral. He says inside the dome. That's what he said. Could this new magic be the young boy that was sacrificed to the mirror? It could be. This new magic is certainly the one who's in charge of the Bayvanshi right now. Well, from what we saw at the Tensham Hunting Lodge, that would be that boy. He is our primary enemy, it looks like. She gave a description of him to Adrian, see if he knows who we're talking about. Meanwhile, does anybody know if there's, there's more than one way in and out of this place? Did I notice anything when I was wandering around? I can roll for it. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead and roll for it. No, I would think there would be. I think there's multiple ways in and out of here. You know these kinds. 18 aren't going to you, you be somewhere like that you can't get out of. You can see tunnels that are branching off from the main ones. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, there's a few different tunnels here. I'm not sure where they all lead, but I'm sure at least one of them leads up to the surface. Okay. I would say we just are wandering out on the lookout looking for this lady Lovelace. You didn't say where that soapbox usually is, did he? In the square. Oh, yeah, in the square. So I guess that's what we're doing. Okay. And with that, we'll, we'll go ahead and take a short break, and we'll be back right after this. As a geek with a life outside of gaming, it can be hard to stay informed. The Sometimes Geek Podcast is your weekly update of all the major video game news, brought to you with the insight of an everyday gamer. Episodes are kept short and to the point, so you have more time to spend playing games instead of reading about them. 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and at sometimesgeek.com. The Sometimes Geek Podcast, because we can't be geeks all the time. All right, and we are back. So you all have decided that you're going to head over to the, the main square, like the central area. It's pretty easy to see that there's a bunch of crates and, and boxes and things that are more in the center of it. There's like actually a bulletin board type of thing where, where there are announcements and wanted, wanted three bruisers and a knee breaker kind of signs. If you were running through your standard fantasy MMO, that's where you would go to get all your side quests. Right, that one picture of mm-hmm. the, cat the cat on the city street <laughs> with a post right above it and the lights shining directly gaming against it. This tells me that this cat has a side quest for me. Yeah. <laughs> so and true. Jeff decided to kick the cat. <laughs> <laughs> There's a golden arrow. It's just with... <laughs> yeah, Jeff, that cat was a side quest. Yeah. The cat that had the slightly magical aura. <laughs> it was a side quest. I'm going to roll my search to see if I see that fuzzy cat. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 21. You do see a few assorted animals. Like, uh, a couple of dogs and, and chicken. Um, you don't, you don't see any specific cats. You do see some animals that are, like, some, some dogs and everything. And it, there is a cockfight that is set up at one of the far ends of the uh, undermarket, in one of the less savory portions of it. Who thought there's less savory portions of an undermarket? Oh, right, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> there's always less savory portions. So there's like the bad parts, and then there are the really bad parts. Yeah, so there's definitely some animal fights going on. On the board, you do see a sign that actually says that uh, there's going to be a bear burning, and that's going to be next week. There's nothing more fun than lighting a bear on fire. <laughs> That's how do you know until you try. Hey, in the Wild West, there used to be a cat, uh, an entertainment to take a cat and drop it into a vat of boiling oil. Well, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the original point. <laughs> no kicking kitty for you. Well, I mean, it was bothering me. Okay. If I saw it, I'd be like, hey, look, that cat's back. As you're looking around for the cat, though, you do see a procession. Coming through the the aisles of the of the shop, oh, I no. think our crazy ladies here. Processions are bad, and they're holding things that obviously look like they're religious symbols. One is a like on a pole, like a upside down scythe. Another one has uh, a collection of sticks tied together. Um, another has a hammer that looks large enough to do some serious damage and then a, a final one is an executioner sword have i seen any of these symbols before including on the wall rubbings that i just did of all the uh fey history roll a religion knowledge check history check recall. i do have a perfect recall ability yeah so i'm gonna if i remember correctly how the perfect recall works Anytime the character chooses to recall anything she ha- or he or she has experienced, the GM must tell him the truth in as much detail as the character would have been aware. So you have seen some of these before, particularly uh, the bundle of sticks. Do I remember where I have seen it? In Demetrius's bag of Pokemon. 
Yes. <laughs> no, it looks like it, it, it's a symbol that you saw carried by the remix. Like in some of the murals, okay. they were first meeting with the thing. Back when they were first meeting with the thing. Yes. And they're wearing dark purple robes with a pointed hood type of thing. It's like the hood goes up some and then slants backwards. And then there's red trim on the the arms and the the hood. Very flashy like. Mm, yes. Very much like they're trying to make a fashion statement that says, Come join us, we worship the dark side. We have cookies. Yes. <laughs> there are cookies here. I'd rather have cake. Well, Marie, you can put your neck right there. <laughs> As they come in, there, um, like in the center of all of them is a rather short lady. She only comes just a little over five feet. Old, young. I, I, I magic aura on her. Okay. Blonde, brunette, ugly. Well, you can't tell because she's wearing a hood. Sixteen. She does have a magical aura about her. Is it old magic? It's human magic. Did you say she's wearing a robe? Yes. Oh, okay. Jeff just asked how pretty she was, and I said that you couldn't tell because she was wearing a hood. The hood so the can we actually tell that it's a woman? It's pretty obvious, yeah. Uh, from the height, and like, you can see her hands and everything like that. Huge bust. I was about to ask, <laughs> is it just Huge! How far away? <laughs> how far away from me is she? <laughs> They're still coming down the like the thoroughfares. Okay. Wait. We're talking. Next I want to try to read her thoughts. Oh gosh. <laughs> she has to have a resist of less than seven. Good luck. Yeah, I know. Because is, is it a wit roll? Yeah. Or is it charm? I keep forgetting. But yes, resist is her charm. She rolled two ones. All right. Nice. Whoa. So yes, I want to read her thoughts. Okay. Maybe that's why she worked with it. <laughs> <laughs> She's not very charming. Even Benedict wouldn't be impressed. <laughs> she just she really seems filled with a single minded devotion to the Bay Banshee. The Bay Banshee. Stab her in the heart. <laughs> Anger for questioning and then stab her in the heart. How, ma- how many is After in her entourage? Well, there are the, the four symbol bearers, mm-hmm. uh, and then in addition to the symbol bearers, there's a few, we'll say there's four more without symbols, and then there are what looks like some soldiers with them as well. So a lot. What are the soldiers wearing? They're wearing Iberian gear. Oof. How many soldiers? Two. So total, there are? Four, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Including right. including her. I'm going to cast one more spell here real quick. Okay. I'm going to cast Bless. <laughs> yeah. Good plan. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen, but I want us to have that little extra bonus. There was so many. Plus one or plus two? Plus two to all rolls. All rolls. There was so many. Oh, nice, Johnny. 19 by two. And target number 19, so. Nice. So, you now have plus two to all rules. Yes. Yes. All rules. For an hour. Can we feel that we are blessed? Probably feel like just that little bit. A little extra. Lucky. Just comfy. 
you, I got this. You you attribute yeah. it to the Lord. You don't you don't know that's me doing it. Okay. All right, guys. This lady is a uh, number one Bay Banshee fan club member. How many soldiers? Two soldiers. Two soldiers. And the rest of them, they don't appear to be armed. Well, the one with the big giant executioner sword is armed. So it's not a symbol. It's not like an image of a sword. It's oh, I thought sword. it was. Im- yeah, yeah. yeah I thought, no, I these are like, standard bearers. Like, no, like, no. These are full. Like, one is holding a, a group of stack sticks. Oh, they're actual. I thought yeah. they were like banners. Yeah, they're, they're like. like no, no, no. These are actual. Okay. Holding. Hmm. So you got a sword and an executioner's axe. An executioner's sword, a giant hammer that looks like it could do some really bad knee damage. And two soldiers. And a group of sticks. Group of sticks. So they're like long branches, like three feet long branches. So there are three people with objects and two soldiers. Oh, there was another object. I thought it was a well. sword. There was an upside down side on a stick. Oh, gosh. gosh. Now, I mean, do these guys look. I mean, imagine it. An executioner's sword, a large executioner's sword, and a ma- massive hammer are going to be heavy. Yes. So these guys look like they, they're strong, big, they're muscular. They're the, the smallest one is the woman in the center. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the people carrying the stuff. Them. What I imagine is that the woman is in the center. One, each of the standard bearers is on like a point around her. And they're large. And then there four are standard bearers and two soldiers. Mm-hmm. And plus four other plus four other people randos. But the, the four other people don't appear to be armed. armed. But could potentially be hiding arms. Yeah. So uh, Grayson is going to say, so what's, what is our play here? This does not look like just coming into uh, propaganda. They're coming in. They've got some pretty big weaponry. I mean, if we're going to try and talk to somebody that's obviously the enemy, take them for questioning... We're in for a fight here. Well, we are in for a fight. If we uh, challenge them, yes. Are we going to just try and follow them after they give their speech? Or do we want to try and confront them here and now? Because we kind of need answers now. Personally, I'm a fan of stabbing them in the back. Benedict is going to follow any lead that he's, he's lost. He's... I, as a player, am torn because... Well... Outside of game, Grayson wants to know what Demetrius is going to say. Oh, yeah, but I'm trying to decide what Demetrius would do. I want him to stay and hear the nonsense that she has to say, just to determine how far gone if we you need to kill her or whatever. But then at the same time, he's like, "We're just wasting time down here, where we could be doing things like trying to figure out how to get into that dome." Do you say we confront them now? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Possibly. And he turns to Grayson, turns to Benedict, and he's like, "What do you feel is the right thing to do here, Brother Benedict? Do they have sympathizers down here?" That's a good question. They've That's been, what Benedict. They, they've, feels. Been, they've been doing this for a while too, so they might have people that have come around to their point of view, one or two here and there. Do we, do we let her start her speech and see what happens? I. It's definitely the more cautious. Yes. Like I said, if as I said, I'm a fan of stabbing them back. I believe that if we are going to accost them, then we need to not do it where we could potentially be highly outnumbered, not just moderately outnumbered, but highly outnumbered. Benedict's going to say, "I really have a hard time defending all of you." 
<laughs> I'm thinking maybe in the caverns on the way to the surface, we might do something. All right. Sit back and wait. So she gets to the center of the square, and it looks like people have stepped away to give this entourage some space. Like, respectfully stepped away, or just like, uh, I don't want to be near? It's a mixed reaction, okay. uh, but it seems far more to the side of uh, respect. So she actually steps up onto a uh, crate that's been overturned to provide a more stable standing platform. And from her robe, she actually pulls out a clock. (laughs) (laughs) And it's off by 20 seconds. All right, I'm intrigued. (laughs) She holds it up and she just turns slowly so that everybody in the crowd can see what she's holding up. It was one of your first pieces. Oh, one of his first pieces? Yes. Which is why it's off by 20 seconds. No! (laughs) (laughs) Do you see this? I'm trying to to see if I can remember who I sold it to or who it went to. You think it might have been sold to a friend of Ditchum's. Alright. And the crowd is paying attention to it? Yes. The ones that want to anyways. Are there people that are just still going... Just about their business? Yeah, I mean, the shopkeepers are, like, quietly doing transactions and everything like that. Do you see this, she says, as she turns slowly on the box? This is supposed to be a marker of time. But in truth, it is a profanation, a profanity to the world. (laughs) Jeremy's pretending to Timing is everything! (laughs) Throws it right in her throat. We'll just say that does not happen. The, the mental I really fantasy, want that to happen. <laughs> the mental fantasies of Demetrius Nordin are. So if this was a if this was a movie, you would actually see that come play out, and then it would zoom out, and that's Demetrius is just thinking that in his head, clenched jaw, knuckles yeah. turn white. <laughs> this is how we divide ourselves. We mark every second of our life. The tick, the tock, the hand sweeping forward. This is how we measure off our lives. It shall not stand. And she throws it to the ground and it just explodes. As she releases it, Demetrius is going to release a throwing knife. Oh, at her face. My goodness. Oh, I, or at and... her chest. <laughs> so Grayson is going to do what he was contemplating doing because Demetrius has now forced the issue. He's going to cast Slumber on six of them. Okay. Because he can cast it on one per die he has in magic. Yeah. Six of the twelve. Eleven. Six, as soon as, are we rolling initiative? As soon as the clock came out, yes, we are. Well, well, this would be like sort of pre-initiative because as soon as the clock yeah. came out, Grayson is like, "What is Demetrius going to do? What is Demetrius going to do?" Because <laughs> he knows that that is a hot button. 10, 16, 17. Don't forget, add two. Yes, oh add yeah, two. add two. So that's nineteen. Nineteen. 
So that would be a 10 to... Dagger is might plus 1, 8 plus 2. Numbers. 9 plus 5 is 14. 14 plus 2 is 16. Um, she's severely wounded. Alright, and slumber? Alright, so slumber is 10 plus resist roll. Right. And that is to wit. Okay. So the six that I'm attempting to put to sleep, the four standard bearers and the two soldiers. Okay. Targets resist individually following deep sleep on failure. Dang it, Jeff. Dang it, Jeff. Oh, gosh. It's not too bad. 19. So they all have to individually have to roll less than nine. You got. I know, I know. So I have to roll six times. Yeah, six times. Uh-huh. So one, uh, four. Okay, they're asleep. Yeah. Two, five. They're asleep. Three, eight. They're asleep. Four, five. They're asleep. Five, eleven. Yeah. Fail. That's a soldier. Right. That's a soldier. Yeah. And, and then nine. So that's, that's nineteen. So that's the target that's number. Target so over, so they're, yeah. they're asleep. So one soldier. One soldier. He's awake. Yeah, he's not awake. Drop him. Here, point. Okay. So they're all the, the soldiers and all the standard bearers. Just how dare you? She yells. Are, are we rolling initiative? Yeah, we can go ahead. Yeah, I think at this point we need to roll initiative, which is our agility, right? Um. Actually, it was 14 with my plus two. Yeah. Oh, plus two. Yeah, For us, so it's not going to matter. But no. 22. 13. 13. Okay, so she goes last. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> it means I get to whip another knife into her. <laughs> All right, uh, so first it's Demetrius, then it is Joris, Benedict, Grayson, and the lady. Lovelace. So, Demetrius. He is going to whip a second knife into her, saying, You just broke my first clock. <laughs> I'm telling her why she's going down. I take it this is personal. <laughs> she made it personal. <laughs> Even though she didn't know you. Oh. She is severely wounded. Yeah. She rolled a one on her wild die. Damage. How dick! <laughs> right in the Actually, she she would have only been wounded because it's four to eight. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Sixteen plus two, eighteen plus one, nineteen. Roll a nine, gets ten above, so that would be more than wounded. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so what's the crowd doing? Well, there's still four other entourage in her entourage. I almost want them to run into the crowd and just di- disperse, disappear. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. We don't know what kind of followers they were. The cowardly kind, the fanatic kind. The... I guess the next question is, what is the crowd doing? Yeah, the crowd looks like they're about to riot. Yeah. Like looking at us? Like oh, yes. Specifically... Mr. Clockmaker. Because he's the one who just... 
How close are we? To hey, the... you broke my clock. It was his turn to go psycho. I've done yeah. it enough. <laughs> How close are we to her body? Is she dead? Dead? No, she's not. She's mortally. mortally, mortally dead. How close? So if she just lays there, then yes, she will be dead. She's about to be dead. And how close is the crowd? Because they can give him space. Uh, we'll say you guys were about 20 feet away. So we were all like on the edge of the yeah, crowd. Yeah, we were on the edge of the crowd. Benedict's going to go pick her up and carry her. Okay. I mean, are we still in initiative or are we just... That's a good question. I don't think you are. Okay. It ended what what needed to end. Okay. okay. Yeah, we just weren't sure of the... Uh, Crowd is part of the initiative. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think the crowd is, but they're starting to get pushy. Okay, guys, it's time to go. In more ways than one. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and break the episode off there, and then we will come back next week. Thank you for listening to Bone Throwers Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook and Google+. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. <laughs>